Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another uh, edition of uh, Black College Nines HBCU Baseball Podcast. Uh, this podcast centers around our head baseball coaches, but we're going to do a little bit different today. This will be my uh, third podcast with the legendary baseball coach, Roger Cador, as he receives another honor for his coaching um, at Southern Baseball. Uh, Roger was introduced, he's being inducted into the uh, American Coaches uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, this is an honor for Roger, for who's done done a lot with Southern. He, he took Southern by the helm. He built Southern from the scratch. Did it without any help from uh, Southern University. And he did it his way. He did it through the local community. And he built the program into a powerhouse at HBCU. Coach Coach Roger Cador, how are you? Uh, Michael is doing good. I'm in the windy city where it's cold. Well, but you're warm because this is your third uh, in the last three years. This is your third induction into the uh, Collegiate Hall of Fame. Well, you know, I've been fortunate enough. Uh, you know, when people get in the Hall of Fame, they had one or two things happen. They had good fortune and they had good players. I had good players. And uh, and they did well for me. They trusted me and believed in the system that we were trying to get them to do. Well, well Coach, it was, it's more than just what you did at Southern. You took Southern when it had nothing. You took Southern and you built the program. You piggybacked it on your back. You did the things that would have gotten a lot of coaches fired. You cared, but you, when you cared, you did it in a way as to where it was respectful and it, it, it raised eyes, especially when you built the, the baseball program where it currently sits on campus. When, when At the time, there wasn't one on campus. I agree. When I took over back in August of 84, uh, they only had everything baseball had was in a, a shopping basket, grocery shopping basket. And that was a shock to me. And, uh, you know, I took that and moved forward. But I like the fact that some of the things I did would have gotten a lot of people fired because, you know, there is a state law that says if you're going to build anything on state property, you have to get permission you have to get things done everything got to be played and i built a baseball field without any of that because of bureaucracy the bureaucracy was so bad and i knew i had to do something so i took the ball by the horn or the bull by the horn and i built the baseball field and literally it was like the god that i know blinded everybody and didn't as if they couldn't see what I was doing and I was doing it in broad daylight and I built a facility and nobody said anything now you could never have done this today but the good fortune was people had done so many foolish things and they had denied so many young people of this opportunity and I saw it as a reason that I should do it and I did it well, when you did it, you did it with no funds, no backing, 
not even the president of the Southern institution gave you credit or really wanted you to uh, advance. But you hung in there and you did it gracefully. Yeah, well, let me tell you what I did. Yeah, I needed seed money. And the seed money I needed, I went to the Student Government Association president, a young man, and I convinced him that we needed to do it. And he gave me $13,000. He got the students to approve of, of this donation to the baseball program. I mean, I did stuff, I mean, just crazy. But I got it done, and the people believed it. And with that money, I thought about when Jesus fed all those people with five fish. What is $13,000? You got me? Right. Right. And I got, I was able to stretch that money in so many ways that you wouldn't believe it. With the sand and the dirt and the fence, I built so much with $13,000. It was literally crazy. To see what I did with thirteen thousand. But you're great. Now that I think about it, it was astonishing what I did. I mean, now that I can think about it. But but, but your greatest achievement was a few things. Is when Southern became the first uh, HBCU to win a game in the NCAA regional when you upset number two Cal Fullerton, and then when you had the nation's best baseball player come out of an HBCU. And we're talking about Ricky Weeks. And we certainly did. 1987 May on a very muggy human night in New Orleans, we beat the number two team in the nation. Cal State Fullerton won nothing. And it was amazing uh, how all of this occurred because, uh, you know, I don't let my players do a lot of talking, but the pitcher, Al Rasmussen, who had not started a game all year. He was my closer. And I told him, you're going to start. And he did a Muhammad Ali on me. If they give me two runs, I'll win. And I'm saying, oh, my goodness, he's saying that to the media. Well, we gave him one run, and he won. So there it is. <laughs> I didn't want him to do a Muhammad Ali, but he did it. And we had fun. The other thing... You know, one of the hallmarks about what I've done is that I wanted my kids to have fun. I never try to make it work. You see, what you got to understand about young people, if you make it work, they may not accept it as good as if you make it fun and work, you got me? So it's a mixture of what I try to do with them. I never took everything too soon. And I only practice an hour and a half, so guys practice five and six hours. My players knew that was never going to happen, you know, because I knew that after an hour and a half, that attention span was out of the window, and I didn't want to be around there. Well, your coaching record led to you to you had 913 wins. Yeah, but I had good players. It's all as a result of good players and uh, good preparation. I prepared them to be successful, and I, I prepared them in a way that mentally, more than physically, because I talk to them about things that need to occur in order to be successful. And that's what I think a lot of coaches make, miss when they just try to uh, gradually train them with physic physicality. I try to do it with the mental part of it, 
And I thought that that worked very well. And we talked about things that would enable us to be successful. And I think all of those things paid tremendous dividends to us. Well, Coach, you you won 14 SWAT conference championships. You, you had a dozen 30-win seasons and um, 11 NCAA regional appearances and two black college national titles. That's what they tell me. You know, uh, when I think about all of that, you know, you know, from 85 to 2001, Southern and Jackson State literally played for the championship every year except for three or four years. And I think that was, you know, that's really... We were always, when we didn't win it, we were finishing second. I mean, so I just think that it was <laughs> such a tremendous, people expected us to win every year. And that's the thing when you win, people don't expect anything else. You know what I'm saying? Even though they were not dropping any coins in the bucket to help us be successful, they expected us to win. You got me? Yes. And we never took anything for granted. We didn't get involved. In badgering people, we try to. I taught my players to be kind to people, and uh, especially women. I said, you know, you know, a lot of things. Time people don't understand. I used to tell my kids, "Your mother was a woman, and many of you all have sisters." It's so important that we be kind to our women because we don't never want to disrespect our mother and our sisters. And all of that resonated with my players. And they, they, they took it as having value. And uh, so those are the kind of things that I'm mostly, mostly proud of is that I taught something more than winning games. Winning games was something I rarely talked about. You know, now, you know, I know something about what leads people to win is that you gotta, you got to motivate them and you've got to prepare. Once you do those two things, everything else works itself out. Well, Coach, to wind this interview down, this uh, podcast, uh, every time Southern had a fundraising banquet, you made sure that the women's softball team was there to receive their attention for their hard work as well. Well, it's important because they didn't have anyone that was going to help them to do it. Why not carry the will? <laughs> to share. The Bible says if you have something of value, you ought to share it with others. I remember that. And we did it because now the girls, they really felt good about themselves. They dressed in their finest clothes. They wanted to look good. And I was so proud to see them there, you know. And, uh, you know, because they deserved it. Well, it's been a whirlwind ride for you, Coach. Uh, you induct, inducted into the SWAC Hall of Fame in 2018, the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame in 2019, and now the American Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Fame for the 2021 class. Any final thoughts? It's just been a wonderful situation. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I wish my wife was alive so she could see because, you know, she, she had to make a lot of sacrifices during the earliest years when I was trying to establish myself. And it's a shame that she's not here to to celebrate with me. But, you know, because 
is more than about me, to be honest with you, okay? It's about her motivating me and telling me, telling me when I wasn't a good husband or a good coach. You know, you need someone. That's what women do. They keep you, keep you grounded, and uh, those are the kind of things that really works out. Well, your 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 final thoughts on the up and coming uh, Black College World Series in Montgomery. I'm looking forward to it because this will be my first year associated with it. I know the committee has worked extremely hard. I'm listening uh, on whenever I'm able to be on the uh, conference call to see the energy and the commitment that this committee has uh, has put into it, led by you, Michael, because you're the one that's trying to make it happen. So we want to make this thing really a success for all of the young men. I was actually talking with a coach from Tuskegee tonight who looking forward to being there this year because last year he didn't come because of some technical reason that you know about. But he said that he's looking forward to being here this year. Well, Coach, it has always been a pleasure you and I had many conversations, and the one great thing I, I really, really admire you for is you have always been the same person. You have never stepped out of character, and you straightened me out when I needed it. So, and that was recently. So I've always admired you. I've always given you credit for just being who you are, Coach, and that's why you probably have a few more Hall of Fames uh, to reach before any, uh, before uh, our Lord calls you home. Oh, no, don't talk about that, Michael. I'm not ready. Uh -huh. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> 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 no, thanks so much, Mike. I appreciate it, okay? Coach, God bless you and God keep you. All right, bye.